Hello, welcome to episode 32 of the Northern Chorus Fantasy Pints podcast. Almost four months on from the Red Rum Club episode, which was episode 31. I don't think we've uh, we've ever gone that long between between podcasts. And it also means it's three months on from when I promised the latest date for the following podcast would be. So certainly not delivered on that promise. Basically, festival season happened, which I think I alluded to at the time. We had things coming up. Um, and busy schedules and then <clears throat> the website has still been carrying on with lots of different interviews but the podcast kind of got left to the side for the time being um we were supposed to be interviewing the snuts i think you remember i um i mentioned at the end of episode 31 that the uh the next one was going to be quite a big one quite a one of the uk's biggest bands at the minute and it was going to be the snuts the whole parlophone records thing happened they went on tour so whilst it will still happen it may not be in this season and it may have to be next year. But we've got an interview with the Snuts that you can look at on the website from um, from first album, but hopefully we'll get around to talking Burn the Empire. But this week, we have another of uh, the UK's best up-and-coming bands. They're absolutely flying at the minute. So when this opportunity arose, it seemed perfectly fitting for the podcast. We have already done a feature interview with them for the website, which you can read, but I thought... Whilst we've got the chance again, we'll do it on uh, on audio. So it is the Raytons. They're on course to selling out Sheffield Arena, and they've uh, they've only released one album, so it's quite impressive. We talk all things new music. We talk about the tour, and uh, we also get Johnny Urell's fantasy pints. So um, yeah, it's quite it's quite an admirable admirable. Um, man really he's been grafting in the music industry for quite a few years and he's got his break later on but he's uh he's certainly making the most of it and um it's a great chat so here we go it's the ratons how are you doing i'm all right fellow are you I'm not too bad, thanks. Not too bad. Um, so a lot's happened since we last spoke to you because we spoke to you around the Meadowlands Festival. Um, a new album, a massive gig's been announced, but we'll talk about the album first. Um, so yeah. what what's rock and roll? So I'm going to pose that question to you. What what is it to you? Do you know? What I feel like it's um, well, the reason why we called it that is really like it's because from years of trying to make it in the industry and seeing so many different bands and different artists trying to, I don't know, fit into a box of rock and roll. I guess it's, it's just, for us, it's like so many people see like how we are and how I was so DIY with what we're doing and things. And it's like, for us, rock and roll is not about, you know, getting a TV and throwing it through a hotel window or being an absolute dickhead on a, on a tour bus. It's, I feel like, it's just like looking back at what, what we've achieved independently, do you know what I mean? And being able to set up not not just a band but a business and to to manage to maintain that independence. I feel like that's rock and roll, do you know what I mean? I feel like I've spoken yeah. to a couple of artists in the past and um a friend of ours, Lucy Spragan, I don't know if you remember yeah, from yeah. the X Factor, she's got a big yeah. career now as a as a solo artist and she's like um he said the same, do you know what I mean? Like, there's so many things that are rock and roll, but what people see as rock and roll when they're looking from the outside in, it's just not. So I guess it's like, it's open for interpretation, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, it's one of them, you know, 
it's one of the things that gangsters don't walk around the streets of London with you know knives. They, they wear suits and ties, and I think that that's what mm. we are. We we try to do our rock and roll, and I think yeah. that kind of pretty much sums up what we're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's interesting. So, who would you compare yourself to at the minute that that you think you describe as rock and roll then currently in the industry as well as yourselves and, and Lucy? Do you know, I feel like it's not it's not a case of saying that's not rock and roll because rock, yeah. again, that's that's open to interpretation. People are going to say our music's not, especially you're going to get people from past generations going, that's not rock and roll, that's not where it came from. We're not talking about it as a genre, we're just talking about it as a lifestyle. Yeah. People like Jerry Cinnamon, you know, obviously we, like you said, we met and we did the Metal Lines with Jerry. That amazing achievement, you know, what an inspiration to be able to be. Do you know, he's the only, going onto the Sheffield Arena, he's the only unsigned artist to ever play the arena. We're the second. And like, oh. part of me is gutted because it's like, I wish we could have been the first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, what amazing footsteps to follow. And just, yeah, so I'd say Jerry Simmons definitely up there for me. Yeah. Has he been a big inspiration for you then? Because I, I, I know you've um, you've played with him now. Um, it's Maybe not music-wise, music's completely different, but mm. in terms of his, his pathway. You know, I feel like when we set off doing what we were doing, um, he wasn't as much on my radar as I liked him to be at the time. Mm. Um, but definitely, uh, you know, when I, when I did... Uh, kind of get into what you were doing and, and under, you know obviously we're, we're from different total different area different parts of the country and mm. see what well, different country in it um yeah. but to see obviously his rise and then you, you get a little bit more invested into it especially you know from a creative point you want to know more information like, how old is it what what, what how long mm. has he been going what, what label is he signed to and from the moment of realizing how old he were and that he was independent and that he were doing it himself massive massive inspiration at that point because it just spurs mm. you on because you feel like you know we're in a point where we're doing all right ourselves but and and you, you start believing oh maybe this is possible maybe we can do it you know independently maybe we can do it at this point of his careers but for him to to be there just them steps ahead it's like yeah yeah we can follow this we can do it so 100 percent without a doubt after you know a certain mm. point it, it became a really big inspiration for me yeah yeah. Did you get a chance to, to speak to him at all at Meadowlands or is he uh, Absolutely not. No. Shielded off. I couldn't, uh, <laughs> couldn't get to his dressing room for all his Stone Island jackets. <laughs> yeah. So so what can people expect then from, from the new album compared to your, your debut? Um do you know, I feel like all new songs. Do you know I mean the first, the first album we had, we you know, fifty-fifty on whether it were begrudgingly or not, but we had to re-record stuff because sonically we had to we had to step up from from the self-recorded stuff that we did early days. Obviously, we wanted some of them tracks like "Kids Off the Estate" and "Fly So Lime to to make the album, so we had to re-record them. Uh, mm. You know, some some of the supporters have said like they prefer the originals. Some of the tracks I agreed. You know, it's, it's still got it's got something different about them, but. Mm. Um, this time, it's there is no um, there is no re-recording. It literally is just it's it's you know, a new body of work. Uh, I don't think, you know, from the position that we're in, nothing nothing were broke, so we didn't want to try and fix it. Um, mm. And I didn't feel like, it, as a, you know, as a band, we needed to change the direction. So I think we've, we've just got more stories to tell and a little bit more of a production behind us to tell it. And I feel mm. like it's it's very similar to the last thing, but just but, but yet worlds apart when it comes to what we're talking about. You know, it's just, it's yeah. the same same mistake, different stories. Yeah. So, what was the timeline in terms of writing the album? Was because a lot of bands with the debut, they've got so much material that they kind of just follow that onto the second. Was that the same for you, or was it was it written afterwards? 
Uh, no, yeah, this was written afterwards, so we kind of, obviously with all the the boringness of lockdown and everything that happened, we'd, we'd, we'd built up that, um, the first EP, uh, sorry, the, the EP and the album that we released after uh, mm. lockdown, and then, then it was kind of, we've, we've got a tour to do that we'd already, that had already been sold out and, and cancelled from lockdown, so it, we did that tour, released the album, toured the album, and then it was kind of like a case of we, we're coming back. We are independent. There's no label involved. So it was like, right, well, what's the next step? We need to put an album out. When's it going to be? Uh, in five weeks. So we wrote it in five weeks and sent it to press. And that's that. Impressive. <laughs> so, Quick but, turnaround, yeah. then. Yeah, we, we knew it was tight, but obviously we didn't want to leave it too long. And mm. um, we, were, we were itching to get back in the studio. Obviously, it, it was very it was a very ambitious deadline but in terms of like all the festivals that we had and just making it work we want to make sure it came out you know january february at the latest so yeah yeah we just yeah. got in there and, and did it yeah so has, have you noticed any challenges in terms of the independent production of the album since moving towards that side of things um no because i feel like obviously i mean i'll be working with david watts at chairwork studios um in castleford he's a great producer um, so as far as you know, there've been us as the writers and him as producer. Nothing, nothing's changed there. Um, in terms of the logistics of the album, we've 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 always been hands on. It's you know we've always been very very hands on with everything we've ever done. Um, so if anything, it's just better. It's just yeah. it's the, the the more the more strings you cut, the more freedom you've got, and um, mm. it's just been really really good. Yeah. Yeah, and you've touched on it already um the sheffield arena gig how long have this, has this been has this been a dream of yours um and when did it kind of start becoming a reality that this is something you could do uh, i've always like like to think trying well try and be like one step ahead so mm. um you know like you, you can never take anything for granted you know like we didn't know what was going to happen you just hope that these things can happen so the progression i don't know if you've seen the the announcement video that we did where it kind of told the journey of of each each yeah. uh, venue that we've played at but i feel like for me still on stage at o2 academy doing his first sold out show there i was already looking to magna so when i was stood on the stage at magna sound checking i already had arena in my head then and it was literally within the week of week of magna happening we'd booked it and just kind of waiting yeah. And, yeah. you know, I'm going to do exactly the same again on that arena stage. I'm going to take every single second of it. I'm going to enjoy it, but I'll always be seeing what's next. I think that's just, just how my mind works. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but, you know, yeah. it's, well, it's where I am today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think I saw 70% tickets gone already. Is that mind-blowing or are you expecting that so soon? Uh, do you know, I'm going to sit here... And I never want to. I don't want to be sound arrogant because I'm just confident. But mm. I've, I've, I wouldn't entertain the idea of the arena if, it, if every part of my heart didn't think that we were going to sell it out. I believe we are. I always have. Mm. I've just got so much faith, not just in in myself and the band, but just in in you know the the support that we've got around us and ratings as a community. And I, I, just, I know we can do it. Mm. Um, but I think it sell that many that fast. No, no. it's like. <laughs> Same with Magna. When Magna went in, in 10 hours, you know, 4,500 or like 4, 5, I can't remember what it was. When that, uh, when that happened, it's like, I was expecting it, you know, maybe just before, the week before, we'll, we'll get we'll get there and we'll sell it out. So I'm kind of, same with Arena, I was thinking, you know, it's a year away, or just under a year away. Um, I reckon, yeah, we're going to do it. And then 
now I've just more faith than what it might be gone by Christmas, who knows? Yeah, looks well on course. Um, you talk about that sort of Sheffield journey through the different venues. I don't know if it was on that announcement video or something I've read separately from an interview you did. Is there a story of where you were playing a small venue and someone asked you when the Raytons were on or something? They they saw you. Yeah, that was Lee. That was yeah, so we're playing at um we're playing at, when we were playing the small room at O2 Academy in Sheffield. So Lee went outside and it there were, there were a massive queue around the front for a bongos bingos. And <laughs> so he's like <laughs> he's gone outside for a for a smoke and he stood outside and he's he's Two kids came running up and they're like, excuse me, right? And he, and he obviously gets excited at this point, thinking he's going to have to have some pictures or sign some autographs. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, it, we won't do it, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's just that one. Like, oh, nice one. And just run off. Absolutely mugged him off. So that's uh, <laughs> Yeah, fingers crossed if, if it happens at the arena, they'll recognise him then at this time. <laughs> I don't know. You know it's like, he, likes, he likes to wander about outside, just taking it all in. So we'll see <laughs> yeah. what happens. Yeah, so we, yeah, we discussed the Uninvited Tour and the reasons why it was called that. And then I suppose on a similar vein, it's this no label, no backing, all Raytons. Can you just tell us a bit about what, what that means to you? Is it um, kind of the underdog story? Yeah, I guess it is. You know, it comes to a point where, you know, people might say, say we're banging on about it a lot. But I feel like it's... It, we, we, we definitely got the feeling that we weren't invited. We weren't welcomed. You know, when it when it when it first started, the, it took a long time for people to for what we was achieving in the in the early years of the band. I mean, we're, we're coming up for year six, so the early years of the band, what we we're achieving, it's like we should have been playing some of these festivals, or we should have been at least getting entertained for like smaller stages and stuff. And then not just that, it's like the insult that came with it of like, oh, do you want to play this? We're not going to pay you. Or do you want to do this? And it's like. We really, we've always been pushed away and pushed at the back, but one thing we've always had is is a uh, is the ability to sell tickets. You know, we we are a band that sells tickets because we've got amazing supporters. So when it comes down to uh, no label, no backing, all right, this no label is is just the strong message that there's nobody else involved in this team. It's it's literally there's there's four lads, Richard man, who manages. We all co-manage together. We all we all muck it, and it's like. That's the label. So there is no label. The backing, no, we haven't got no, we're not come from wealthy backgrounds. We haven't got no, you know, rich parents or grandparents that's left us any money. There's no banks. There's no loans. Nobody's putting any money into it. And all ratings is literally means the people that you see in front of us at our gigs. That's that's the ratings. It's, yeah. It's just also, it's literally, you know, we, we boast about independence, but um, it's yeah. because it's all we know. Yeah, it is something to be proud of as well, doing doing it independently. But you talk about the fans, and I'd heard about the Raytons live show, but I managed to see you at Why Not, and I'd not, I wasn't expecting the crowd to be as as packed as it was into that tent. Um, is that is that something you get used to now? Is how important is that live show, that feeding off the crowd for you? Um, no, it's one of them things with um, where slowly it's becoming more. I don't want to say expected because every time, you know, when we do a festival or do it, even, you know, we start the tour on Saturday and we're playing Stoke for the first gig and it's like, I know it's sold out, but I think there's that, there's that knowing it's sold out and then seeing it sold out, there's a massive difference. So, mm. and also, you, you know, when you do, when you like you say, when you, the festivals, when you're doing these big tents and you're walking out, it doesn't matter if it's full, you've still got that, are they here for us or who's on next? What's, what's the, 
mm. you know, what, what's the reason for it? But it's becoming a little bit more normal now. And we're getting a little bit more used to it. So I think that that just like helps us add to the energy that we're, the energy yeah. we receive, it helps the energy that we give. And I just feel like it's getting bigger and better on each one. And I'm starting to come to a point where I'm now more excited about the gig than stressed about it, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I, I yeah, feel yeah. like we're there for a reason now and we're doing our show and people are coming to see us so there's not as much press uh, pressure as there probably was in the early years yeah because i say obviously you uh, you feed off the fans but the fans feed off you as a front man and as a band as well has that always came naturally to you the performing side of it or is that something you're still learning i think you know i've been i mean outside this band i've been involved in the industry for a long time you know, it's something that i've always felt i probably feel more comfortable on stage doing that than anywhere else you know mm. i feel like it's 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 when i'm probably at my most comfortable especially if i'm not worrying about everything else around it you know like you're, you're fine as you know we do it when we're doing the tour like i'm literally i've been sat here earlier before this just sorting out things for the merch like we we try to put like different elements into the show rather than just being on the stage you know, planning the lighting planning the audio in between but even like details about how the merch stand looks and stuff like that we just do everything so it's like if I'm when, I, when I'm 100% content with everything being right on a tour, that's when I can really, really relax. So it's never about the pressure of performing or or what the crowd are going to react like. It's just the, the whole thing. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. once, once that's sorted, which I feel like we're really, really getting into now. So it's just yeah, I feel like it's just yeah. I don't really think about. It. I don't overanalyze. Sometimes I sometimes I watch a video about like someone puts it on Twitter or whatever. After I look, look at it, I go, "Who's this dickhead?" You know I, mean? I don't even know. I, <laughs> I don't even know who I am. <laughs> so much stuff I come out there, I say, who is he? I don't even know who he is. <laughs> you're a persona. You're the interview yeah. persona. Yeah. Um, is there, because you'll have some places where you're expecting fans to be to be lively, like uh, Yorkshire, maybe the North generally. Is there anywhere you've toured before where you've maybe gone into it expecting it to be not a bit quieter and then it's took you by surprise, like how far it's spread? I mean, every, every single gig that we do in a place that we've not, we've not been before so obviously like when we first started going down further down south it, uh, you'd think well he's a bit far away now i mean i kind of expected it from um when we first started playing in like um and stuff like glasgow and aberdeen edinburgh and that i expect i, I kind of did expect that to be the same but the the best example i guess would be we just come back from netherlands we, we did that three weeks ago amsterdam there were probably about 60 british people in that crowd so you I thought, oh, maybe they've just spurred them on. Rotterdam, they were probably about 10. And then mm -hmm. we went to Zwolle, and they were about two or three. And it was just exactly... In fact, they were probably rowdier there than they were anywhere. And then he's speaking to them after, and only half of it... I mean, obviously, they're a lot better than English, aren't they? You know, they can speak other languages, mm -hmm. like the majority of us. But they, mm -hmm. they, 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 a lot of them were speaking to me in Dutch, obviously. I ain't got a clue what they're saying. I think you've just come and been that wild and that enthusiastic about this show, and you... We, we've got two different languages so I feel like I definitely didn't expect that to be as wild as it was well, I, didn't expect it. I thought they'd just be one of them where they stand watching clap you know they've they've bought mm. the tickets fair play it's, it's sold yeah. out but I didn't get mosh pits and crowd yeah. surfing and you know the same as it is in Wilfred because yeah. a lot of your lyrics as well are relatable very much to English people. That's people. That's what a lot of people say. They can relate to it. So then again, that's another surprising element when you go to countries abroad. But you find pockets, don't you? I think bands have particular countries, and maybe Holland is your uh, your little pocket in Europe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's the only place we've played so far. I would definitely like to yeah. go out there and you know play France, Germany, 
Belgium, I don't know, whatever, what other ones we've been looking at doing and, and see what happens. But yeah, 100% definitely going back to the Netherlands. It's, uh, yeah. it's a great place and definitely got some good support there. Yeah. But you've got your UK tour dates coming up, haven't you, this year? So yeah. where, where are you uh, excited to get out to um, at the end of this year? Yeah, every one of them, I guess. This just it's the first time. This is like the what I call like the the. Uh, it's not they're not all academies. It's like I call it like the academy main room tour. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's, it's the yeah. big rooms in, in mm. most of the venues. Um. So where can people see you then? Is that whereabouts are you you heading to? So I mean we've got Stoke, uh, Stoke, Nottingham. Northampton, Coventry, Cardiff, Leeds, mm. Middlesbrough, Newcastle, Glasgow, Liverpool, Manchester, Brighton, London, and probably one that I've forgotten now. I'm looking up, but, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, the, the, and then and it's also completely sold out as well. So I mean, I'm looking forward to Barrowlands in Glasgow. It's a, yeah. it's a massive venue. Uh, I'm I'm equally looking forward to Leeds because I've never played Leeds O2. Obviously, it's only up road, and it's very going to be a very Yorkshire crowd. Um. Mm. In fact, it's bigger than Sheffield O2 as well, so there's that one, but obviously you've got Ritz in Manchester, yeah, London. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm literally looking forward to all of them, to be fair. And I'm, I'm yeah. liking the fact that they're, they're spaced out as well. We've not got to do too many runs. It's like it's spaced out over, over like six weeks. It's like mainly weekends, so weekend shows will always feel a bit better as well because I feel like yeah. people can properly enjoy themselves. So, yeah, yeah, every one of them, but... Definitely got my eye on uh, Glasgow for, for Barrowlands because I just feel like that's one of them them venues that not many people get to play and I'm really, yeah. really looking forward to that. Yeah. You hear a lot about um, the Scottish crowds and stuff because I said to my mate, I need to put it, put it on my agenda for 2023 to go to a gig in Glasgow because um, I've never been. And then I've, I think with yourselves, I've got a sneaky, I don't know if you've played there before, but I've got a sneaky feeling that they'll very much be um, like a home crowd to, to a band like yourselves. Oh yeah, Glasgow, amazing. Yeah, we played. Uh, we did. Well, last time we played Transmit um, this year, where we played. I think we've. I think we've played four times in Glasgow mm. now. Every time, yeah, one hundred percent. It's uh, yeah. the, there's something in the water there. It's just it's, so it's true what they say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They just did very different accent, but the mm. passion's exactly the same. Yeah. So last time I spoke to you, I'd asked if you'd had time to reflect on the breakthrough and you, your answer was kind of no, you're just going with it. So I'm going to ask you again, have you had time to reflect on this uh, continuous breakthrough? It's, it's just getting better and better or are you still just going with the flow? I'm 100% just going with it. Um, I'm trying to think ahead in terms, when it comes down to the, when it comes down to the business side of it and, and picking and choosing what what we want to achieve, you know, I'm thinking to the future, but when it comes down to the artist in me and the and just the the general lad that's just enjoying what he's doing, I'm mm. not really I don't really care because I've already achieved way more than I thought would ever be possible. Mm. Um, yeah. And then just you know, yeah, we do work hard, but we I just feel so blessed to be where we are because and and none of that's possible without people supporting. You know, like the the people that turn up to the shows, the people that. That spread the word. The, the fan groups on Facebook. The, the some people absolutely go above and beyond for this band. They, they live and, and breathe it. And you just, mm. actually, I'm just so grateful for that. So yeah, I don't know really. Mm. I, it, it hasn't settled, and I don't think it ever will. But uh, 
I'm having a fucking good time, mate. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Um, so, yeah, I mentioned before, we ask all the people that we interview on the podcast for to give us three names. It kind of delves into their musical influences and maybe who they like as, as people and artists. Um, three musicians, past or present, you can have around a table for an evening, have a pint with, who are you choosing and why? It's a tough one. I feel like, from what I've just said, um, it's tough, that, you know, I, I'm probably going to choose Jerry Cinnamon, so I can say, you know, oh, next time when we do some dates with you, let's let's have a beer together and, and have a chat. The, get past the Stone get, Island coast. <laughs> yeah, I get I get Jerry there have a chat. Um, I feel like I'd be daft not inviting Liam Gallagher because I feel like mm. again he's one of them artists that is just is absolutely fucking bonkers, isn't it? And mm. and what. And then you might as well just to make it a laugh, invite Noel and see what happens. So that, that, that yeah. Be it, really. yeah. And then yeah. if I could have one more, I'd probably get Sam Fender down just because I feel like that. Then you've got a real, yeah. real party there, haven't you? Have you met Sam yet? Because you you're both coming through at the same same time, really, aren't you? Uh, I shared a urinal with him. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and you know, I never met him, and I doubt he knows what well, he might do. I don't know if he knows who I am. And I just I, we just finished our set, and I'm having a piss. I just saw him, and I went, "Hey, up, Sam." <laughs> and then, then walked up and realised that I just sent hey I'm Sam to some friend I'm in a piss but yeah I don't really know <laughs> yeah but you, you chose both of Oasis though were they a big part of your kind of growing up uh, Oasis um, not really um, you know like I, I like everything I like, I like all kinds of music and stuff but yeah I feel like that when it comes down I won't say growing up but when it comes down to like influences you know like watching the documentaries and stuff they've got some great mm documentaries on on like netflix and stuff like that aren't they? and just like the you know, again barrelands just watching their video of them play there it's just it, there's some mm. really really big footsteps in front of us and and they're they're the kind of artists that have been there and and seeing what yeah. they can achieve especially i guess it's relatable for me as well like in terms of not just what they achieve they're a northern band from a similar background and i feel like yeah it's just it's exciting to watch and, and i enjoy that Do you know what I, mean? I enjoy the um you know, some people don't get it, but I enjoy the humour in, in, in that side of things as well. You know, like Lewis Capaldi, how he, how mm. he acts online, how he carries himself. It's just like, it's, you don't have mm. to be so serious all the time. Back to what's rock and roll, do you know what I mean? Rock, mm. You don't have to just stand there looking all hard and smug. You can, yeah. uh, you have to take mm. things so serious, just enjoy yourselves. Yeah, no, I agree. And you mentioned the Northern thing with Oasis, and I think you'd spoken about Northern Grit previously in the band, sort of grafting. And we're a northern music website, so what um, what does the north mean to you? What does being northern mean to you? Um, the north, well, it's my home. Do you know what I mean? I don't, mm. I don't think there's any amount of money that's going to make me move away. Do you know, I'd really? love to have a fucking villa in Ibiza, and I'd <laughs> love to be able to have, have an holiday home in Sydney. But I, I'll be here for Christmas. Do you know what I mean? I'll, I'll be start mm. start around a Christmas tree in the north. Um, where post boxes are the same colour and everything's the same as what I've, I've been used to growing up with. And I'll never, you know, I'm pretty sure I'll never leave it. And I'll not live in London. Mm. I like London, but it's not for me. I'm, yeah. I'm a northern lad and that's how it's going to stay. I was going to say, we're not going to flip forward 10 years and you're like Noel Gallagher down, down south. No, Who I'm Liam Gallagher. Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. Money changes everything now. now. I know. My heart's in the north, you know, that's what and that's yeah. where I want to be. No, good stuff. So on a final note, um, 
what's your plans other than the arena gig for 2023 and beyond and the album of course yeah we'll get that album out um in january try and uh climb as high as we can i'd mm-hmm. like to i'd like to get a number one but you know there's no point in saying we, oh we haven't set out for a number three so we're going to try as best to do what we can to to, to get as close to that independent number one as possible and then I guess just look forward to festival season and getting back out there and, and see see what happens with the arena. Uh, I'd like to do more touring, maybe just do some more European dates and we've got festivals coming in that are a bit bit further field so we'll be announcing them um, and just generally riding the wave and see where it takes us. And in terms of the, the stepping stone, you mentioned you already had it in your head after Sheffield Arena. Are you going to share that or is that staying in your head for now? It's staying made for now, but when uh, when it happens and it will happen, we'll do an interview exclusively on that and I'll say that we're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hold you to that one. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, thanks thanks very much for your time um, and uh, best of luck with the, the album, the tour and the uh, big gig. Hopefully sold out before Christmas. Nice one, mate. Yeah, and uh, I'll hopefully see you there. Yeah, will do. See you soon. Thanks a lot, Paul. Take care, mate. Have a good one. Cheers, you too. Bye. Bye. Yeah, so that was the Raytons. Johnny Urell, the front man. Johnny Urell, Johnny Yarrell, I'm not sure, but hopefully we said it right. So their new single is out now. We did. It was recorded just before it was released, but you can... Um, you can go and check that out. We You can also get tickets to Sheffield Arena and I think... The rest of the tour is sold out, but Sheffield Arena was 70% last time I checked. So you can go and check the Raytons website out and get tickets for that. It promises to be one of the biggest gigs of 2023. So in terms of the podcast, I'm not going to make any promises and say there's going to be another episode out before the end of the year, but there could be. We've got interviews lined up, and whilst I might not actively seek podcast guests for the end of the year, I might throw a few bonus things on, just audio recordings of those interviews because we've got a variety actually we've got some actors and some decent bands um in terms of the website that'll carry on as normal so all the interviews will go up on there weekly quiz competitions um and as festival season approaches next year we'll we'll have plenty of um tickets to give away hopefully you can follow us on twitter at northern chorus underscore facebook northern chorus uk and instagram northern chorus see you next time